Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie, it's you, Jamie. Don't be alarmed, but I think there's a guy following you. Maybe we should get that guard dog we talked about? Nothing too scary, maybe like a Bichon with an attitude? You know, Progressive's collision insurance covers injured dogs and cats at no extra cost, so... Wait, the guy stood up when I stood up. He's on the phone. He's looking right at me. Oh, wait, it's just my reflection. Don't tell anyone about this. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Pet coverage not available in New Hampshire and North Carolina. Sacramento has agreed to trade DeMarcus Cousins to the New Orleans Pelicans. League sources tell the vertical. You are locked on fantasy basketball. Your daily podcast on fantasy basketball. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, brought to you by Fantrax and Basketball Monster. And today's Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast is also sponsored by Draft, a daily fantasy app where your chances of winning are almost three times better than on FanDuel or DraftKings. Download Draft now and enter the promo code LOFANTASY to get yourself a 100% match deposit bonus up to $600. Today's show is also brought to you by Ben McQueen, who is our Patreon sponsor for today. So thank you to Ben. And if you want to be like Ben and sponsor the show, head across to patreon.com slash redrock underscore beeble. I told you there wasn't going to be a podcast unless a trade went down and uh, a trade went down. Sorry for not introducing myself. I'm sure you know who I am by now, but for the guys that, uh, that don't, my name is Josh Lloyd and you can find me on Twitter at redrock underscore beeble. And there was a big trade that went down and it's not just going to be me talking. I am joined by another of the analysts over at Basketball Monster, Greg Ehrenberg. Welcome for your uh, first uh, appearance on the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast, Greg. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Josh. I've been listening to your podcast for a while, so it's uh, it's cool for me to be on. And well, uh, people could follow me on Twitter at G Ehrenberg DFS at Twitter. Go on, uh, go and follow Greg. He he writes our DFS uh, articles each day over there. He's a professional DFS player, so he uh, has all the scoops on DFS stuff as well. So you can get this, the thoughts that I provide on the podcast. He provides uh, his own thoughts in written form. So there's lots of resources, obviously, that we have over at Basketball Monster. But we're talking about a big trade that went down, Greg. And for those that that don't know the details of the trade, some of you guys in the states. Maybe in Europe who are, who have been asleep while this has gone down, you're going to wake up and hopefully this is the first podcast you listen to. You would, uh, you will be hearing that DeMarcus Cousins has been traded from the Sacramento Kings. He has gone to the New Orleans Pelicans in exchange. Oh, that's, that's not true. He's gone with Omri Caspi. So Boogie and Omri Caspi go to the New Orleans Pelicans in exchange for Buddy Heald, Tyreek Evans, Langston Galloway, a top three protected first round pick in 2017 and Philadelphia's 2019 second round pick. That's it. Nothing else. That is all that is going back to Sacramento in exchange for Boogie Cousins. So there's obviously plenty of stuff to break down. Greg, I'll start with what did you think when, first of all, when we saw the rumors coming out during the day, they weren't, they weren't rumors. They weren't the standard sort of rumor. I thought there was like, all right, Boogie's, you know, there's been an offer of Boogie. There's been a Reggie Jackson for Jeff Green Green trade discussed. This was like shit. Something's going to go down. That's the way I felt anyway. Yeah, I mean, I definitely felt that too. And then, and then once he or the once he only played two minutes in the All Star game, then it really started to seem like, well, maybe there's maybe this has traction to it. There's something that's you know really gone down. But it's really hard to speculate on these rumors because we've seen so many of them that just end up not coming to fruition. But this one just happened so quickly. Like there was the Waj report that uh, that they were discussing the trade, and then all of a sudden, twenty minutes later, it was a done deal. Yeah, exactly. It was like, okay, there's these teams, there's a couple of teams involved, but they're really focusing on this uh, on this New Orleans 
um, offer, which everyone, when it came out, gone, this is, this is terrible. This is a, a terrible offer. Initially, it was two firsts, I think, and Buddy Heald was the initial um, package that was floated, and it seemed terrible. It doesn't get all that much better, especially when the Kings also have to give up Omri Caspi, and there are also reports that the Kings are looking to waive Langston Galloway, although that may change depending on if the Kings can work some other deal, because that's obviously going to put them over the roster limit. They might have some other trade in the works that enables him to keep Langston, but getting him back as a piece of the trade and then dealing him is weird. But as it now turns out, Greg, part of the reason that precipitated this deal from the Kings is they're really high on Buddy Heald, and they thought that he was a top five overall player in this draft. Yes, he went number six, but I'm, I know that I didn't think that he was the sixth best player in this draft, and I thought he's been absolutely abysmal for the majority of this season, but the Kings actually valued him higher than where he went, which seems odd to me. Yeah, I think this is the highest the Kings have valued a player since Nick Stauskas, which is, <laughs> they're a terrible organization. Uh, I mean, that's, I don't, I don't know what's, what's going on with them. The other, I don't know. The other thing also is I don't know who looks worse in this, the Kings or the Celtics. Why, why didn't the Celtics step in and offer? Certainly they could have offered just a little bit more than the Pelicans with everything, uh, with all the assets they have. And Boogie would have fit in with them perfectly. And I think that could potentially have made them the best team in the Eastern Conference. Well, the the rumor also coming out is the Lakers were a part of it and refused to give up on Brandon Ingram. But the other report from Kevin O'Connor of The Ringer was stating that there were other objectively better offers is the way that Kevin put it, but the Kings were so focused on getting Buddy Heald that that swayed the deal in their way. So the other offers that they were being offered to everyone else in the entire basketball community would look like better offers. We don't know the specifics of these, but according to what Kevin is saying, they looked better offers. But the Kings said, nah, man, we've got to have Buddy. We have to have Buddy. And that to me just seems like, well, it seems like the Bulls aren't getting that uh, top 10 protected pick off the Kings this season. It's... uh... Yeah, I mean, I I just don't I don't know what the Kings are doing. There's just a few organizations that are just such disasters right now, and the Kings are definitely right up there with uh, with the Knicks, the Bulls. Uh, I mean, just teams that have no future, no real plans to no no pieces in place to build for the future. And so then I guess uh, I think we're in agreement on this. So the guys who uh, stand to gain the most fantasy value from the trade, I think we. Both definitely agree. Willie Cauley-Stein and Tyreek Evans are the top guys to pick up right now. Do you agree with that? I do. Just before we get into that, though, Greg, I I do have to take a quick break to uh, give us some word from our sponsor for today, and that is Draft, because they are they're, they're paying the bills. You guys know, you guys know, well, you guys love fantasy basketball, because otherwise, why would you be listening to this podcast? So if you want to play a different style of daily fantasy basketball... Go and download Draft. Head to your app store, whether that's Google App Store, your iTunes App Store, and download Draft, or go to playdraft.com and download the program. Go and add the promo code, which is LOFANTASY. That's the first thing you need to make sure you do. Now, what's different with Draft? Draft is a different type of DFS. Now, Greg, you play DFS all the time, but Draft's doing it a little bit differently. They're not a salary cap DFS site. They're a snake draft DFS site. Have you had any experience playing on Draft yet? No, tell me about it, Josh. Okay, so it's basically as we do our seasonal leagues at the start <laughs> of the year, Greg, it's a snake draft. So we're not you're not going in there trying to... Well, you're trying to create the best team, but you're not saying, okay, this I have, I'm putting these guys in. It all depends on who the other people in your contest are taking. It's a standard snake draft, three-man, four-man, six-man, whatever it is. So you can't plan in advance, and therefore you might not get, uh, they might not get beaten by people who are as, uh, as excellent as you at DFS group. People can go in there because there's no set plan going into each contest because things can change as they as they go ahead in a snake draft. 
So go and check it out. If you want a different way to play DFS, download, download Draft and use that promo code LOFANTASY and they give you a 100% match deposit bonus up to 600 bucks. You put in $600, the guys at Draft, they're so generous, they'll give you $600 as well. And I don't think there's a better uh, a better match deposit bonus scheme out there in the in- entire DFS industry. So check out Draft. They're a big supporter of this podcast and I know that you guys are going to find it something new to try and something that you'll be be good at and also have, uh, have great fun doing. So download the Draft app and use that promo code LOFANTASY Hello Fantasy, that is key to tell the guys that you came from listening to this podcast. Now, let's go back to where we were before, Greg, talking about these players who are going to benefit. Um, all right, so yes. Um, also, I have, uh, I, have some more, I have some more breaking news oh, here. here it go. looks like the Kings are also going to be waving Matt Barnes. Matt, what? Okay. No, uh, look, no, I did hear. Someone, someone tweeted to me, said it looks like Barnes is going, but I haven't been able to find an official source on that. Who, where did you, what source did you see on that? From the Sacramento Bee, it looks like the Kings are going to be waving Matt Barnes. So, so they are even thinner now. So I think that that makes me like Tyreek Evans more as a speculative ad. That makes very little sense considering they've got about six shooting guards now and they're thinner on the wings. They've got no Rudy Gay. They've got no Matt Barnes. They've got no Omri Caspi. So who's their three? They don't have a three at all. No one. Unless, is Garrett Temple going to play? He can't. He's too bad and too small. Who is possibly playing the three? I'm actually trying to look up their roster right now. There's no one. There's no... <laughs> to unless, figure unless out who else is Scal on. healed. They play Buddy at the three. Aflalo. Macklemore. They've been playing Macklemore there recently. Oh, that's... Uh, I'm going to have to it go. Could be, I think it could be... I, I think it could be Aflalo. Uh, it could be Macklemore. It could be Heald. Um, they're a team... They, all they have on the team now is centers and shooting guards. Yeah, pretty they, much. And and Collison. Yeah, well, that's okay. That's that's a weird one. Okay, Matt, oh. Matt Barnes is gone too. Apparently, um, he was in line for a fairly decent role. Unless they play Anthony Tolliver at the three, but even then, that's that's a real stretch. You're either pushing a shooting guard up or you're pushing a power forward down. You've got no one who's that mid-size sort of player to take I mean, that role. Tolliver at the three would be a uh, disaster on defense. Not oh, yeah. that it matters to them at this point. Yeah, exactly. But, <laughs> they're they're going to be a disaster. He's not guarding any three. Um, okay, so we've got Barnes going. Well, okay, let's let's talk Willie Cauley Stein. Then. So what what do what do we expect from him? Do we expect that he him and Costa Kufos start for this team? That would be what you would have to assume that Kufos has been starting all season anyway. Do they put Cauley Stein in, or do they start Tolliver and start Col- Tolliver and Kufos and run Cauley Stein off the bench? Um, next to both of those guys and play them all 26 to 27 minutes apiece. Um, I'm trying to, I remember the, um, the last game Cousins was suspended for. I remember they started Kufus at the five and Cauley Stein came off the bench. Yeah, they did started to- did Tolliver start at the four that game? Yeah, he did. Yeah. They started Tolliver at the four. They started Tolliver. So, so I would assume that they start Tolliver at the four yeah. and Cauley Stein and Kufus will split minutes at the five because I I know that they prefer Cauley Stein as a five versus as a four, and I do also. I think they should optimally they would find a way to get. I think they should find a way to get rid of Kufis and just play Cauley Stein more minutes. Yep. Now, when I've been going through and looking at all this stuff, trying to work out how this all impacts things, Willie, uh, Willie Collison, Costa Kufos, when he doesn't play without DeMarcus Cousins, he gets a really significant boost in his rebounding number. So he's going to be someone that if you're looking for big man numbers, like high field goal percentage, decent rebounds, solid blocks, he's going to have an increase in value. He goes from being maybe a 16-teamer to a 14-teamer and definitely a stream option for standard leagues as well, just because he's going to be a guy that 
in 26 minutes or so can get eight or nine rebounds, can get one to one and a half blocks, can shoot 60% from the field. That can have use. He gets a real big bump in his rebounding. And we've seen at times when he replaces Cousins and they give him 30 minutes, he puts up numbers which are useful. So that's the situation that he could find himself in. But Corley Stein's the interesting one. I'm not convinced that Corley Stein is good. Are are you? Um, No, I think he's very athletic and I think he has upside. I don't think he's good right now, but I think I could see him being good down the road. And I think of any of the big men on that team, he has the most potential fantasy value this year just because of his ability to contribute blocks, steals, and rebounds. Yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Now, I've done you know, changed up our, our projections over on Basketball Monster, and he comes in as a guy that, that should be able to get himself inside the top 100 over this t- stretch of time. Now, he's not going to be for everyone. He's not. He's not. I was going to say he's not a good offensive player, but that's probably being kind to good offensive players. Like he, he's a terrible offensive player. He can't create anything on his own. But he's had that nice little stretch towards the end of the season when George Carl basically said that everything he did was someone else's fault. Everything that he did good was not because of anything he did, but he still put up a couple of good games. He can finish at the rim. Um, He was shooting not too bad. He can't really shoot too much, but what you're getting him for is an ability to block shots, to get steals, to be a high field goal percentage guy, hopefully, and to chip in yeah, he could be a, a 10 and 10 guy on some nights. He's not going to be a 20 and 10. He's not going to be a 16 and 10, but he's a 10 or 11 point guy, an eight or nine rebound sort of player. There is an opportunity here, but it is it is still, even though Boogie's gone, it's still not, we, we knew they had five centers beforehand. It's still not completely clear for them to just go, all right, play 33 minutes a night, Corley Stein. I just don't think that they're quite at that point yet, or, or Jaeger doesn't have full trust in him. But even before this, Greg, Willie's minutes were trending upwards. He was starting to, he'd been out of the rotation for big chunks of the season. He is trending forwards do you think that he is an automatic ad in all leagues no definitely i think he's you you have to have a dead roster spot to add him yep. you don't want to drop anything of value for Colley stein just because it, it, i think probably if you drop somebody who's already a top 100 guy you're dropping him hoping that Colley stein becomes that guy so I wouldn't drop anything of value, but if you have a dead roster spot, he's he's worth looking into. Yeah, exactly. And, and again, he's not he's not helping you in every area. He's not hitting threes. He's not he's not scoring huge amount of points. He's not getting assists. He's not a high free throw guy. So it's not going to be for everybody. But he definitely opens up to become an opportunity player for certain for certain structures or certain team builds and, and all that sort of thing. Now, the other guy you mentioned earlier was Tyreek Evans. What do we expect for him heading back to Sacramento when, honestly, that's where he had you know, the best season of his career in his rookie year? Um, they are, they're a little crowded in the in the backcourt now. We've got, let's run through the guys. They've got Darren Collison, Ty Lawson, Tyreek Evans, Garrett Temple, Buddy Heald, Aaron Aflalo, Ben McLemore, Malachi Richardson. Now, Richardson's out for the next six to eight weeks, so we can scrap him. Where does Evans fit in in this group, do you think? Well, it depends what the real deal is with his uh, knee injury because, you know, apparently he was restricted except for certain games where Anthony Davis was out and they would just let him go play 28 minutes and he looked great on the court. And then the rest of the year, they wouldn't let him play more than 15 to 20 minutes. So if the Kings start him and say, here, Tyreek Evans, you get 30 minutes, he's the best scorer on the roster. And we've seen him be a very valuable fantasy player before, and he would presumably have a very high usage rate. Um, so if that's the case, he could become a top 75 guy, or he's still restricted, and then he's on the end of the bench and doesn't really play much. So I think he probably has he is the most upside of anybody on the Kings, but I could also easily see him being somebody who you're dropping in two weeks. Now, the restrictions is interesting because I was starting to write some stuff about Tyreek earlier today. We hadn't heard anything from the Pelicans about restrictions for quite a while. He missed some time with an ankle problem. 
But in terms of his knee, it just seemed like he couldn't actually get more minutes. They hadn't said anything about he's still on a restriction. It just felt like they just weren't giving him extra playing time. But I'm, I'm not I'm not sure about that. It, it was sort of a little bit cloudy. They never 100% said when the restrictions or how long they're lasting or anything along those lines. But it, it, it was feeling to me that maybe there was no issue that they just didn't find him enough minutes to play. Um, I always felt he was being restricted. And I do know when he was coming back from the ankle injury that Gentry said that they were, from that point on, they were going to restrict him to about 20 minutes. And then I also remember going back, um, that first game that Davis missed where Tyreek Evans all of a sudden played 28 minutes and blew up against the Nets. Um, that Gentry was asked after the game about Tyreek Evans' minutes restriction, and he basically said that Evans talked himself into minutes above his restriction. But we hadn't heard about the restriction since then at all. Yeah, and that's that's probably three, four weeks ago, I'd say, at this point. So, yeah, it's, and it's not like the Pelicans have ever been known to be a team that gives out reliable information in terms of injury. So who knows at this point? But he is, obviously, he's got the highest upside of, of anyone outside of Boogie that's getting that's getting moved in this deal. He can be a top 50 guy. So he's a player that absolutely grabbed because you know, there, there is a chance here for him. But again, if they love healed this much, do they do they give healed 28 minutes a night? Do they do they play Tyreek at the one and, and limit Darren Collison? I, I don't know what they do. There's a lot of up in the air. Now, Collison, I assume that Collison will remain starting and Boogie had a usage rate of 38%. So lots and lots of shots have to go to other players. And Collison is going to be one of the biggest um, beneficiaries, I would guess. So if he is not owned, and surely he is, Greg, he has to be owned everywhere. That's an absolute no-brainer. Yeah, Cousins is owned. I mean, uh, Collison's owned in every single league. I mean, especially because of the recent you know, stretch of games he had where he was really good, where Cousins was out, where I think we might have seen what Collison could potentially be uh, with Cousins out. I was just uh, looking this up, but uh, Collison on the year has a usage rating of 21, but without Boogie on the court, it's gone up to 26 this year. Yep. So if he's going to be the starting point guard and if Evans is still going to be restricted, I think Collison stands to gain a lot. Not somebody that you would go add because he's already on a team most likely in your league, but I think he's somebody who could definitely see a bump uh, in production going forward. What do you make of Buddy Heald? So the, the Kings obviously love him. Um, nobody else does, but the Kings seemingly love him. Um, it, to me, he's not worth a pickup in any 12-team leagues. He's not worth a pickup in any 14-team leagues because as we've mentioned plenty of times, there's six shooting guards on this team. So he would have to stand out above all of those guys to get 30 minutes. And even in 30 minutes, I don't even think that he is a top 100 player. So, so much would have to go right for him to become this must-add guy. Do you see it in a different way? I'm looking at his per 36-minute stats right now. And I think if you were in a deep league and you desperately needed points and threes, he could help you in that. I think outside of that, I just he, he sucks. He's not good. And I don't ever think he's going I to think, be good. I think actually, I think, I think, I think just the Kings valuing valuing him so high is almost proof that he's a garbage player. <laughs> that's I think that's pretty accurate. I think, like, I I think that's a good barometer for it. If the Kings like a young guard, they're probably no good. Well, Ben McLemore. 
you've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a tailgate, and I want our style to stand out from the crowd. Just go to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, Old Navy's got all the latest fall styles. Plus, during Old Navy's colossal sale, you'll save up to 50% off store-wide. Did you say up to 50% off? I did, so don't sit on the sidelines. Old Navy has the perfect pants from 19 bucks, stylish dresses from 15 bucks, and comfy tees for the family from just 6 bucks. right now at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. We're cheering for Old Navy. High Fashion, Old Navy. Valid 10-2 to 10-10, select styles only. It was just starting to come into his own. He started to look decent. He was playing good offense. He was playing more assuredly defensively. He was handling the ball a little bit. And now they bring in three shooting guards. Tyreek, if you class him as a shooting guard, I don't even know what position Tyreek is now. Buddy and Langston Galloway, who looks like they're going to keep if they if they wave Matt Barnes, as this report is saying. So uh, I don't know what that means for McLemore. Um... Yeah, so overall, the big winners, we'll just focus on the Sacramento side. We've got Colson's a big winner. Tyreek Evans is a guy that we grab. Willie Cauley-Stein is grabbed in certain situations, as is Costa Kufos. Um, yeah, both those guys should be seeing 25 or so minutes per game, I would guess. You could even class Anthony Tolliver. Probably more a 14, 16 to t- team league guy Tolliver, but if he's getting 32 minutes a game, he could easily hit two threes a game. He could score 13 points and get six rebounds and block a shot, and that could be useful in those sort of leagues. So he's another guy. What do you make of Garrett Temple? Does he fit in as their starting three now when he gets back from this hamstring injury, which could be yeah, this weekend? Is that is that uh is that what the timeline was for his for his injury? Yeah, this, this is we haven't heard an update on it. Is but he's due is, back this weekend? This, this is the initial timetable that they gave is right around this weekend, but they haven't given an update on it. Yet. Okay, yeah, I think. Temple's a guy who's probably more valuable in roto leagues than head-to-head leagues. Yep. Uh, would you agree with that? Yeah, because he does nothing well. He just does everything um, at a slightly below yeah, average level. Yeah, I mean, there's there's no one category you're going to look at other than maybe turnovers and say, oh, this is his category. But, I mean, he could – and there's – like you said, there's going to be more usage to go around. But I could see, you know, Temple double-digit points, maybe a couple rebounds, a couple assists, and then one to two threes a game which uh, he's, he's not exciting. No, uh, he's far from exciting. There's, there's probably going to be better guys to add over the next... There, there's going to be better guys to add over the next couple of days as more trades happen. Uh, absolutely. He's very much down the bottom of that list of guys that you want to grab now. People will want to know about Buddy's dynasty value. I think we've covered that. We both don't think he's very good, so don't be thinking, oh, look, he's got his opportunity now. The Kings love him. He's going to lead this. He's terrible. Well, he's not terrible. He's not good. He's not a diverse fantasy player. And if a guy's only value is when they shoot well, and they do nothing else, and then he doesn't shoot well. He gives you absolutely nothing. So I don't. He's never going to be a good defender. He's never going to be a good passer. He can't rebound. He doesn't block shots. He doesn't get steals. Um, he doesn't get to the line enough. He just doesn't do enough. He'd need to be a guy that's shooting fifty percent a night, hitting three and, and threes to, a game. Uh, uh, and to pile on more, he's a twenty-three-year-old rookie. Yeah, so exactly. it's not like he's a nineteen-year-old. He's he's twenty-three. He doesn't he doesn't have a ton of youth to him like a lot of other rookies usually have. He was a he was a four-year college player. Yep, yeah, exactly. And prior to the season, I was comparing Buddy Hill to Jimmy Fredette and Doug McDermott, and that's that's pretty much what he is, a, a four-year wing player from college who shoots threes. And those two guys have not, not really worked out all that well, and I get the feeling that it's going to go a similar. And, and you, know, you can be a four-year player. Dame Lillard was a yeah, three-year player or you know, CJ McCollum, the same thing. But they also do they do other things. And Heald was also a guy who was terrible in his first two years of college. It need, He needed to become the 22-year-old beating up on 18-year-olds to actually become good. He needed to do that. He, he didn't just come in as a freshman and then say, I'm going to stay and be good. He was, he was terrible. And he didn't shoot well for two years. And to me, that was a massive red flag. Let's talk, uh, let's talk Pelicans 
now, Greg, because obviously this is interesting because the question we're going to get now is how bad does this hurt Davis? How bad does it hurt Cousins? Um, I'll, I'll let you take that first. How badly do you think it hurts both those guys? Because they're coming in with usages of 38 and 34%, you know, being the entire offense for both of their teams, basically. Yeah, and and uh, you could throw uh, Drew Holiday into the mix, too, of guys who are going to be hurt by this as well. Uh, just because, I mean, when you look at usage ratings that are that high, uh, there's no way that they aren't going to eat into each other's production. So I would expect I would expect points to go down. I would expect rebounds to go down. I would expect assists to go down for Cousins, who is uh, a big part of the playmaking for the Kings. Um, and then certainly Drew Holiday is going to have the ball a lot less in his hands now. Um, how much is it going to go down? It depends how much Gentry staggers the minute. Um, I think if Davis and Cousins uh, are at all times, one of them should be on the floor. Yeah, pretty much uh, at all times, you should have. If yeah, Gentry plays their minutes, at, at all times, you should have two of the three of these guys. There should never the be a time where, and there should never be a time where Davis and Cousins are on the bench at the same time. I agree. Because uh, I, there's just so much overlap in their skill set. Uh, but we've seen Gentry make odd decisions before, and I don't think he's going to manage this properly either. Um, exactly. That's the, that's the reality of it. It's going to be really exciting to watch uh, – how they fit together. I can't think of a more interesting, uh, you know, combination of big men in the league right now. Uh, I could see it. I could see them dominating teams. I could see it becoming a total chemistry disaster where they can't figure it out also. They, the thing is that they can both shoot threes. So there's no, there's no massive space. There's a slight spacing issue, but it's the guy that was playing next to Davis beforehand was Dante Cunningham. So we're talking about much better spacing now with Boogie there than having Dante Cunningham playing that role or Alexia Jinsa or Terrence Jones. So whoever comes in, like not whoever comes in, we know who's coming in. The guy that was there before. Or Ashik. Exactly. <laughs> the guy who's coming in is Boogie Cousins, and he shoots better than all of those guys. So there's absolutely no concern with spacing being a problem. It improves. And yeah, they both have to take a usage hit. You're probably looking at 3 to 4%. Probably each of them take somewhat of a hit. But as you mentioned, if Gentry can stagger them correctly, it's a massive if. I don't think you're going to lose too much. There's no like, I need to trade Davis. I need to trade Cousins because they're playing together. You know what? They get somewhat of a hit. But at this point, you've got them. You just, okay, cool. What am I going to do? I've, I've got them both. I own both of them in in one of my in plenty of my leagues. I've got shares of both guys. I'm just okay, cool. They've just got to adjust this, and if they take a hit, they take a hit. But it's not going to be monstrous. Now, Drew Holiday has been absolutely on fire. He has to take somewhat of a hit, but we're losing three guards off this team. So it's not like he's going to get this big cut down in minutes. He might actually see more minutes in this situation because there's no Tyreek, because there's no Buddy, because there's no Langston Galloway. We're going to get Tim Frazier reintroduced to the rotation, and we're going to see a Frazier holiday backcourt running together. The, the, the Pelicans literally at this point have got three guards on their team. Three. Each one more, Tim Frazier and Drew Holiday. There is no other guards on this team. So they are going to have to play big, big minutes or they're going to push Solomon Hill down to the two, which is going to be a disaster. But they've got no other guards. Now, they could sign someone, and I'm, I'm almost guaranteed they will, or Terrence Jones gets traded for for a guard. But at this point, there's no guard, guards on this team. So not panicking with Drew at all. What do you make of Etwan Moore, though, Greg? Is he someone that we look to add? Uh, I think I put Etwan Moore in the same exact category as uh, as Garrett Temple. Yep. Um I think he's a worse version of Garrett Temple, actually. I think he's a better version. I, I, think, I can't stand Garrett Temple. I, think he's I have a no interest version. in each one more. I think it, I think you think he's a better version. Yeah, I don't. I don't like but I, Garrett but Temple. But I think uh, from a fantasy standpoint, I, I can't. I can't. I, I don't think each one more is going to get enough touches with Boogie, with Davis, with Drew Holiday there to become relevant. There's just going to be so little usage for more in that offense. Yeah, that, that's that's accurate. But I guess it helps that some of the other guys that are going to be rotation players are Solomon Hill 
and Dante Cunningham who, who don't touch the ball at all, really. So there's going to be that. The big part is going to be what happens with Jones. He has played his last game for the Pelicans by all reports. So somebody will be coming back and, and it has to be wing help. It has to be a guard. It has to be a three. Um, someone has to come back for Jones. If, if you're holding on to Terrence Jones and there's no one that's great to go and add off the wall, just wait, see where he goes. But I don't really see a great situation to where, because I don't think Terrence Jones is good, as you're well aware, listen to this podcast. There's not a great situation where Jones comes and they go, all right, Terrence, come across. I know we had three months to sign you in the off season and we couldn't even match a veteran's minimum salary, but can you come in and play 35 minutes for us? Like That's not happening on any team. So don't think that Jones is moving to some great situation that's going to result in him putting up monster numbers. He's just not that good. And there's just not that situation around for him him at the moment. I don't know if Greg's still there. Can you hear me, Greg? Yep. Yeah, I could hear you now. Oh, yeah. I, think, I think we got uh, disconnected for a second. All right. Um, so what, what do you make of um, Tim Frazier, who was a guy that was putting up you know, easy top 100 value at the start of the year? Does he become a guy that you would be interested in grabbing in some situations? I definitely think if you're uh, in the short term, uh, assuming that the construction of the roster stays the same, uh, I, I think if you need assists, I think Frazier is going to be able to play I, I would guess how many minutes do you think he's going to be getting 25 to 28 or so yeah right. I think if I've, the roster stays the same at the moment I'll tell you what I've got him projected at the moment 20 28 over the course of the season that accounts for guys missing games through injury so probably on a game-to-game basis at this point like 26 or so okay so uh yeah I think he could be a guy who is maybe around 10 points a game and then could get you five, six assists in 28 minutes if the roster stays the same, uh, probably with poor percentages. But if you're if you're in a head-to-head league and maybe you're punting some big man stats, I think Frazier has some some value in that situation if you need assists. Yeah, the, the assist is where it's going to come from. And he's going to share the court with Drew because we saw it plenty of times at the start of the season. And they have to because there is nobody else at this point. Again, we're still four days away but from the next game, so things can change. But Frazier is going to be that player who comes in and gets six or seven assists a game and maybe only gets five or six points or eight points or nine points, but hits a three or three and a half a game and gets you those assists, which we all know, Greg, is so hard to find off the wire. You can't just find a guy that's out there that's sitting around that's getting six assists a game. But... This is all subject to change in the next three or four days if, if other moves go down. It really is an interesting situation. Omri Casp is the other piece that moved across to the Pelicans. Their, their threes at the moment are Quincy Pondexter, who hasn't played since about 1982, and Solomon Hill. So there's minutes there for Caspi. Caspi has never played well in the NBA except except for when he's been in Sacramento. He's had two stints in Sacramento. He had a terrible one in Cleveland. He had a terrible one in Houston. But he's been good in Sacramento, so I don't know what to make of this from him. But he does have an opportunity now to be a useful player. He's still more a deeper league guy, though, I believe. How do you see Caspi's arrival? Uh, what's the deal with his calf? Like, how much he's missed a ridiculous amount of time with that calf injury. He has. Where hasn't it been like a month and it's been like a month and a half since he's played, and I'm assuming it's because of the calf injury. Um, He's been listed on the injury report having the calf injury for a lot of time. So I don't know I don't know if he's healthy enough to play right now. Well, the thing is we, we don't 100% know because even... Have you, have you read? I understand that he's, he's close to coming back, but also before the injury, he was out of the rotation for big stretches of time in Sacramento. So I'm not 100% convinced that it's entirely injury-based. Um, he, he could still be out, but I get the feeling that he's pretty close to coming back and that they just had no desire to really play him. So they weren't like, okay, let's get him back. We don't really value him. Jaeger doesn't seem to like him. He's in a situation where he's got an opportunity here in New Orleans because one thing we've been speaking about this team for 
years is can they get a wing who can at least shoot? Now, he's not a great shooter, but they've been running out Hill and Cunningham at the three, like guys who aren't shooters, who can't score. So there's some value, but it's got to be deeper league stuff for Caspi if he actually gets healthy and he's ready to go. So there's, there's a lot of question marks with that uh, with that situation at the moment. Um, yeah, look, I don't think there's much else to really talk about on the Pelicans side of things. How, how do you, do you have any final thoughts on, on all this, Greg? Um, I, I want, I'm, I'm excited to watch the Pelicans play. I mean, I know both of us, me and you, were very high on Davis coming into the year. Yep. Uh, so I assume that you have been watching as many of the Pelicans games as I have. Uh, and I just want to see how this works out. Uh, I mean, if they're able to, I, I think they'll be able to get into the playoffs. And then, I mean, they're going to be a tough out in the first round for anybody but the Warriors, I think. Well, it's going to be them and it's going to be Denver who are looking for that eighth seed at the moment. I think that this almost pushes Portland completely out of it. Portland's already signaled their move to say, right, we're trading away Mason Plumley. I'm not sure we're focusing on the playoffs this year, but I think this pushes Portland way out of it. And it's going to be Denver and New Orleans, but I don't think that I don't think that Denver's going to be overly scared. They've got a three and a half game lead, I believe, so they'll be looking to consolidate there. But pretty much the top seven teams in the West are done, so it's going to come down to a Denver New Orleans battle for that eighth seed, with uh, Sacramento obviously dropping out and the uh, and the Blazers dropping out of consideration. Then I don't think the Mavericks are going to be able to push up for it. So yeah, look, I've watched a ton of power. I, I like Davis. I love Drew Holiday as well, so I've been really excited about watching watching him play and. It's um it's going to be much watch uh, TV when that first uh, when that first game hits uh, across the weekend when Boogie and Davis playing together it's going to take them time so don't be surprised in that first game if stuff doesn't work out a hundred percent it's going to take a little bit of time but if Gentry is smart and that's obviously stretching things a long way. He could make it work. Anyone with a brain could really make it work. But that, again, that doesn't include every coach in the NBA that, that has that quality. It's going to be interesting to just know you've got an all-star center on your team and an all-star modern center as well at, at all times. It's going to be very, very, very interesting to watch. And the Kings, they're just going to uh, be the Kings. And that's uh, that's pretty much where it's at for this franchise. So, uh, look, I know some Kings fans are, are, are happy about this trade, and there's a lot of speculation that something big went down across this weekend that the the Kings just went, screw this, like, we are just done with this guy. We are not spending $200 million on him. We are going to screw him out of getting this designated player exception deal. We are done. We cannot deal with it. And that's the that's the talk. We don't have any concrete evidence on that, but it is definitely a trade that has shaken up the NBA at this point, and it's going to be interesting to see how it goes down. Greg, thank you for making your debut on the podcast. Now, we are going to be having, um, you are going to be joining me for the live trade deadline show, which will be running on Thursday. We're still yet to work out the time, but we will both tweet that out and have that up on Basketball Monster, and we'll be discussing the trades as they are as they go down. So Greg will be joining me for that podcast, but thank you for coming on uh, late at night and jumping on to do this emergency pod with me. Yeah, it was fun, Josh, and uh, uh, I'm excited for our podcast this Thursday, which yes. I now know uh, after I <laughs> tried to promote it for last week because... I, I didn't realize when the trade deadline was. <laughs> exactly. So it is this Thursday. We're probably, I'm not 100%. The trade deadline's 3 o'clock. We'll probably kick it off, I would guess. Um, 2.15 is my, we're just discussing this on air. We haven't discussed the time. I reckon 2.15 might be the, the time for us to kick kick things off, but we'll, uh, we'll discuss that during the week and let all you guys listening and watching know. Greg, thanks once again. Give a, give a plug again to uh, your Twitter account so people can go and follow you and get uh, some advice from you over there as well. Yeah, you guys follow me on Twitter at G Ehrenberg DFS. That's E H R E N B E R G. 
and uh, come check out Josh and I at Basketball Monster. Yep, absolutely. I said Greg has the daily DFS article. You know what I do over there. You follow me on Twitter at RedRock underscore B-Ball. Subscribe to the podcast. Share this one out with everyone that you know, social media, word of mouth. Write a letter to one of your mates and post it. You've got a couple of days to digest this information. Just get the show out to as many people as possible. Shout out to everyone who's been watching this show live. Had a lot of live viewers today. Hope you guys found it interesting. I'm still trying to get my head around all this information that's uh, that's gone down with this trade. Thank you to everyone for, for tuning in and listening to the show. Give it a rate. Give it a review. That would be fantastic. We are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya. Adrian Wojnarowski. All right.